like Brent Lori, and I bet I could watch you spread your air out all day. But when you're done doing whatever, when you're through playing whoever, you know that the Nats fans will be right here waiting for you. Please unsnap Dusty. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to Resting Pitch Face. It is our episode 50. It took us a long time to get here, but Miles Spoonie, right? If God, you we've done this 50 times? We've 51, technically, but I'm going to go with 50, yes. If you would like to mark this occasion of our 50th episode, please uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. Follow us on our Twitter, Resting Pitch Face. There's no G there. You can always check us out on our website restingpitchface.com that does have links for other ways to contact us and a link to our merch store maybe we should make some merch for our i mean we're almost at our three year anniversary and 50th episode maybe we'll do some merch for that or something i don't know could riff on like the mlb 150 situation i might be having an idea i'll let you know yeah please send that to me because i don't know what you're talking about but i'm interested Okay. Uh, <laughs> we are uh, we will be printing some new stickers. I am going to say that right now. We will be printing some new stickers shortly and uh you'll have to you still will have to find us to get the stickers, but that's just encouragement to, you know, listen and find us. Listen, follow and find us, right? At the ballpark, you mean? Or in you know, random places. In Please don't find me in random places. I'm just okay. going to get that out okay. there right now. Please don't. Uh, drive by Laura's house at three in the morning, <laughs> come and knock, and, and then demand random stickers. But hard mode, you have to be a bee. Yeah, I was going to say, like, she can just uh, sick her bees on you if 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 it's not on the up and up. <laughs> Laura is training an army of bees. <laughs> it's a good skill. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. It's going reasonably well, even, honestly. And there's there's some beetles here and there, too. I feel like we're making some real progress. Oh, beetles. Okay, Ooh. we're going to have to have, add some insect mascots to our Ooh. goat mascot. No, Zook or nothing. Not like put the bugs on him. In it anyway. Anyway, we <laughs> are already going. We are already going down a weird path. <laughs> that, what would episode fifty be if not for immediately starting down a completely non-baseball and extremely unusual path? Well, wildlife is hardly wildlife is hardly unusual for us at this point. Yeah, but it's we are technically a baseball podcast, and it is unusual for baseball. So, Laura, can insects get chlamydia? <laughs> And they get face chlamydia specifically. I don't think so. Uh, Double check. All right, but to bring it to bring it back to baseball, something that you know, if you're a longtime listener, clearly something is near and dear to our heart is women's actual, like actual women's baseball. Sid, you went to an actual women's baseball tournament this weekend. I did. So um, two friends of the show, uh, Beth and Beth, I apologize if I butcher your last name, Werner and uh, Craig Goldstein. uh, Well, Craig attended, Beth was playing in the tournament, uh, came out for the Eastern Women's Baseball Conference Diamond Classic, uh, which was Saturday, Sunday, and then today in um, Loudoun County, Virginia. Um, at a set of ballparks there, which were actually really pretty nice parks. 
so this was a tournament, like a tournament. Um, so it was two round round robin days, and then the playoffs were today. Um, I don't know if um, they have made public the the results of the playoffs, but these were women's teams from all over the country, and in fact, one of them was essentially the the Canadian women's futures team, for lack of a better word. So women and girls who are likely be on the Canadian women's national team in time for the, the next WBWC. Uh, uh, sorry, women Women's Baseball World Cup. And it was just a, a really fun day. Uh, it was about a thousand degrees out. Um, so, and I was not standing in the middle of like right field for a very long half an inning, unlike Beth. So... It was it was really great to see um, one just it's, you know, in in all, I think, amateur amateur baseball, it's going to be mostly, you know, pitch to contact. Um, so lots and lots of contact, lots of really great defensive plays, um, some really, truly amazing catches, um, as well as some very nicely turned double plays. Um, I saw a very long double. Um, like it was at the fence double. Um, nice. And I think that fence, particular fence, was like maybe like I feel like three eighteen. And then uh, some just like very very hard hit balls generally. Um, so uh, a few really uh, pretty far singles. Um, so there was one that was probably a good three hundred feet, uh, but was well fielded. Uh, so it has held to a single. Um, and just like a, a really great time, uh, I think in in part, some of my favorite parts of it were, you know, sitting right by the dugout, getting to hear the coaches and how they were coaching through the entire time. So encouragement, adjustments, um, just sort of like the in-game chatter was really cool to hear. Uh, obviously, you know, I, I don't generally sit in the Nats dugout or next to it, <laughs> so can't hear that. Um, I have no real basis to compare it to. My my favorites were uh, during the Canadian women's team, which was, like I said, a futures game versus a team that was mostly uh, players from the U.S. Um, a player scored from first on a single. Nice. Uh, and came into to home plate. Got some wheels. And just went, <laughs> I mean, that uh, sounds about right. Yeah, I mean, it, it was just like a case of, of people um, just like, it, baseball is hard. I don't know if we know this, uh, but just like, it's it's a little unusual to see people just be like, wow, yeah, that play was really hard to do and I am now tired. <laughs> um, I think my, my favorites were somebody who went into a slide, popped up from it, you know, scored, popped up from it and said, my body forgot how to do that. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was it was definitely like everyone was having a really good time throughout. Um, so Beth's team was the mm. Pirates. They played against a team from Rhode Island, um, as well as a team from Chicago. Uh, both of those games were pretty good. Uh, her team won in essentially a, a walk-off. Um, because it's a tournament, the games are time-delineated in addition to inning-delineated. Um, so that one, I think, ended at the bottom of either the fifth or the sixth inning. Oh, interesting. Um, because no game could go longer than, like, they couldn't begin a new inning until, well, after the two hour and 15 minute mark. Because they had other teams to get on, I assume, is the 
I know, I, I, I believe the DC girls team were, was there, correct? Or at least so watching? DC Thunder, did they, were some of the older girls, Sid, from the girls baseball league playing for the DC Thunder as adults? Yeah, so Paloma yeah. was there. Um, and Ava was there. Um, they say hello. Oh, hi! <laughs> so I, I did want to, I did want to recognize that, but I wanted to ask the women's, like, friendly baseball league that we have been invited to join. So, uh, DC Thunder was there, um, Ava was there to turn on Paloma, um, who- Oh, Ava uh, wasn't playing? No. Does Ava actually play? I thought she just coached. Oh, I thought she played. I could be wrong. Yeah, I could be wrong too. I don't know. Ava, correct us, please. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you know, we went and said hi, and uh, and she she said she's like, you can always bet on somebody from resting pitch base being being here. <laughs> I'm like, hi. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of, of any other highlights. When somebody got uh, hit hit by a pitch and was not injured, uh, uh, I think the the thing that got yelled was take one in the boobs. <laughs> It's the fleshiest part. That it in the butt. An amazing, just an amazing time. Um, but and yeah. on the Lady Science podcast I was on, we actually refuted the longstanding myth that getting hit in the boobs raises your risk for breast cancer. That is not true. Wait, that's a... Mm-hmm. Okay, you know what? We don't actually have time to unpack that. That was one of the reasons girls were banned from Little League. I have literally never heard that before. Oh yeah, that was thrown and... in, in elementary school gym class. Actually, it does not raise your risk am... for breast cancer to get hit in the boobs by a baseball. Or or really pretty much anything else. Or a basketball, which I think is what it was when I was in elementary school. Uh, uh, yeah, that's not true. Fun I fact, need a moment so. that we don't have time for. That is if not how want, cancer works. If you want to lean in well, and have a little works. heart hustle hit by a pitch, it is not, in fact, going to raise your breast cancer risk. <laughs> lean in with the boobs. <laughs> it will hurt less. For most of the area. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> um, but I did want to just mention yeah. that um, at, a lot of the teams in the Eastern Women's Baseball Conference, it's essentially, it, if you want to play, you can join and play. Um, and so just to kind of throw out to anyone who is listening, if you are interested um, in doing that, the best way to do that is to get in contact via their Twitter um, or with Beth, who we can certainly tag in this episode to talk about, um, if you are interested in going to play. So they are they are open, and I can say, you know, like, it's a very encouraging atmosphere. It is one that, that involves a lot of direct coaching and is aware of the fact that a lot of folks, you know, a lot of basically non-men have never played baseball um, because they were, in some cases, legally prohibited from doing so, and so they're like they're they were very supportive and, and into coaching and into basically saying like what what you put into it in terms of learning is what you're gonna essentially get out of it. Um, do we have some information that we can drop on our Twitter for that? Because I think we should. Yeah. So yeah. I think if if we tag them, um, or yeah. I can certainly ask Beth. Perfect. Um, we can certainly we can certainly uh, sort of make that opportunity available. Yeah. Um, and essentially if it, as, as athletic as you would like to be. So, uh, the way that the tournament works, for instance, like if, if you need to be pinch run for, you're not then not going to be hitting in the rest of the order, for instance. Uh, so, and like the, basically like the, the batting order and who is fielding are related, but there's a lot of flexibility to understand that, like, if you're standing outside for 
three hours in a hundred degree heat and then you have mm-hmm. to go play an immediate game after that yeah like they're not gonna say oh you know we put in a pitcher now that they now they can't hit or whatever um now the person who came out can't hit just to acknowledge the sort of realities of what it's like to play baseball all the more reason to lean in with the boobs <laughs> all the more reason to lean <laughs> episode 50 lean in with your boobs <laughs> We're 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 doubling down on leaning into the boobs because some of the nationals lean in with much worse places. Heads, 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 heads. All right, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Shout out, by the way, to a friend of the podcast, Deborah, who pointed out specifically leaning in with the head for Victor Robles. We would like for him to stop. So we would like for pitchers to stop hitting him. He's been hit 108 times in 508 games that he has played professionally. We have loved a lot of players on this podcast who get hit on the reg. We have loved Danny Espinoza. We have loved one man. (laughs) There are other players that we have loved in varying degrees. The point point is, part part of our motto is hit by pitch. However, not the head. Go for the boobs. If you don't have boobs, go for the butt. The soft and fleshy parts. She said. Exactly. <laughs> Hannibal-y. The boniest parts. No. Do not lean in with the head. That scared the shit out of me on Saturday. So like, just for context, we were yes. both at a game where uh, Robles got grazed in the face with a, with a high inside fastball <laughs> that nearly was inside his face. Yeah. Literally almost inside his face. And he fell down. And it was uh, really scary. Yeah, I think FP actually was talking on the broadcast about pitchers are going in statistically at higher rates than they had been in past seasons. And so if it feels like everybody keeps getting hit, that's because everybody keeps getting hit. This is not like, oh God, what's the term for... When oh, um, something's really dramatic, so it's what's memorable, and that's why everybody thinks plane crashes happen a lot. Uh, 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 something bias. <laughs> yes. The kind Confirma- of bias. Confirmation bias. Confirmation bias. I don't think that's what I'm thinking of. Anyway. But <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever. It's we'll not- probably remember it at the end of the episode. <laughs> this is not like a weird psych thing that's happening to Nats fans because they're hitting people we like and it's having consequences. It really is happening more. And FP was talking about pitching strategies shifting such that guys are throwing in more um, as the arms race between the three true outcomes continues. This is a legitimate phenomenon that is happening and it's not just us and it sucks. That's kind of good to know. Makes me feel a little bit better. I mean, it still makes me want to kill everyone who's ever harmed Anthony Rendon. Well, yeah. Stop hitting Tony. I am very happy that today, like we lost today's game, but Urania didn't hit anybody. And frankly, that was what I was more worried about. Is this our yeah. new bar? Is this like is this our new lowest bar? Well, no. there was also talk of retaliation, because oh. there okay. there was there was some stirrings, not particularly serious ones. Like I wasn't really expecting anything to happen by anybody on purpose. But I also said was relieved that Urania didn't hit anybody. And I was also glad that just sort of nothing came of any of it because these men do not always act in the way which we would like them to. <laughs> yeah. Shall we say. And just for context, he's the, Arania is the pitcher who hit Tony in the elbow and put him on the IL. And 
like he's the one who hit Acuna last year and sort of like he's he's a little bit more known for pitching people let's go with very inside their bodies yeah and again not to put so much stock in everything fp says but he also was speculating whether there was going to be any kind of retaliation sort of to avenge tony i mean he has both the advantage of observational distance and the inside distance inside distance that's the thing (laughs) the inside distance of knowing how this sometimes plays out so if i was gonna take somebody's word on something like this maybe i would be taking fps yeah and you know not just because fp says something that doesn't make it so but yeah like what sid was saying just given the history i'm i'm very relieved that today was a clean game yeah and you know it was going well until it wasn't and i'm still Amazed that Max hasn't gone on like a rage streak and just murdered everyone in the bullpen, but Doolittle. But that's neither here nor there. How can you murder something already dead? Fair. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm happy. I'm happy that nothing came of it. I think that you know the best revenge is the fact that Anthony Rendon is hitting real well. Yes. Yeah. Um, and my all favorite star. My favorite quote from him was about being an all star, and he's like, I'd, "I'd be happy to be an all star if I don't have to go." <laughs> Yeah, that is like the most Anthony Rendon possible thing to say and do, right? Like we hit peak Anthony Rendon. That is peak. That is on. That is the brand. That's not. He would like to be selected and then conveniently have a very minor viral infection. (laughs) The Rosenthal's. He can have a Rosenthal's, except for like the being bad at things. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to invoke that here because I feel like there's some baggage. He came down with muffleitis, <laughs> where you don't have to talk to people and it prevents you from going into public. That sounds like he came down with like a case of sandwiches, and now I want to. I want a sandwich. <laughs> I want a muffaletta sandwich at all times. He came down with mouthful of sandwiches. <laughs> oh man, Tony, hard same. <laughs> yeah, I was. I, we we were at the game on on Saturday for for Zim Captain America bobblehead day, mm-hmm. um, and I was talking to other Sydney about uh, hi other Sydney uh, about <laughs> Tony, and I think I think she said that like he wants to be an all star if he doesn't have to go to the game, and mm-hmm. then later that day, <laughs> well, we cast. I wasn't sitting. I was not sitting with any of the Sydneys, sadly. We cast Anthony Rendon as Groot as the Avenger because Saturday was ca- uh, Superhero Day. Anthony Rendon as Groot in that no talkies. Yeah, but then Dara was arguing that Groot actually says a lot, and so because I it's agree- always the same thing, right? With my with my approach on this, it was you and I that cast Tony as Groot, and That's I was right. Yeah, this. but then Dara was saying that because Groot is actually extremely expressive that that's not Tony. But here's the thing. I think if you learn to speak Tony... He's very expressive. Yeah, just like Groot. But unless you understand what's going on, then it just sounds like, I am Groot, I am Groot, I am Groot. I am saying the same thing over and over and over again. I think there's an argument to be made on both sides of this. If Tony is not Groot, then who is he? Oh no, we're in a very long silence. Mm. I'm thinking... (laughs) <laughs> well, why don't we talk about the the other assignments that we've made, and we can come back to yeah. who Tony is. Yeah. Um, are we all in agreement that Zim is Captain America? I mean, Violently. you can't. You can't not. You ha- You like. You have to. That's America's ass. 
I will say the bobblehead has a lot of ass. <laughs> like for a bobblehead, I was like, probably more than uh, <laughs> Ryan Zimmerman actually yeah. has. Like, yeah, he doesn't have that much truck more. in the truck. Like definitely more. And I'm like, did they model this off Chris Evans? I'm going to go with yes. Yeah. Like, I feel like the answer might actually be yes. <laughs> uh, but we're all in agreement. He is, you know, Captain America. Um, who did we say was Iron Man? We were uh, debating. Cause I, I, think, I, I think that it's Davy Because he's older, he's very handsome, but he is inherently flawed. And spoilers... Soon dead. End game. Soon dead. <laughs> I I I I absolutely will buy this. I have heard arguments that catcher based on Iron Man should be a catcher based on gear, but neither of our catchers really fit the profile. And also, Tony Stark would hate being the catcher. No, he wants to be in charge. I yeah, mean, he wants to be in charge of more than just the pitcher. He wants to be in charge of everybody. Yeah, I think the argument for Davy Martinez makes the most sense. I think that I think that's like the the solid, hard to uh, pierce armor. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. No, unintended. I guess. <laughs> no, well, okay, so definitely so unintended. If not Davy, then who? Because like Zook and Gomes, there's just nothing. There's yeah. like you said, there's nothing particularly Tony Starky there. No. That's it. If if Anthony Rendon is not Groot, then I would say Jan Gomes just on basis of tall. Fair. <laughs> but it's just on basis of tall. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. I, so I kind of see I kind of see Gomes looking a little Doctor Strangey. Mm-hmm. I could see that. He's sort of mysterious and aloof. And doesn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> he's heading well, but then he just kind of disappears back to his yeah. planet. Nobody really knows what he's doing. Like you don't see him quoted a whole lot. He's just kind of doing his thing, quietly okay. defending the realm. Feel like Stephen Strange can remember things for more than like five seconds because Gomes's passball rate is oh, it's not bad. good. It's pretty bad. Uh, it is pretty bad. And I'm like, buddy, all you have to do is remember like you put one of three finger like three finger combinations down, and all you have to do is remember which one you put it put down, and then move to the part of the plate where you put that down. Well, but that's kind of Doctor Strange too, because at the end of the day, he really was not particularly helpful. True. Yeah. Um, Tell me I'm wrong. I would also prefer that he not speak because his American accent in the movies is just awful. Oh, I would God, just so prefer bad. I would prefer to not have Bendy Dick in anything that I have to look at with my own two eyes, but oh, that's come me. On. I like him. I don't like him in that. I think he the American accent just killed the entire thing for me. But I like him as an actor. <laughs> I mean, he's probably a perfectly cromulent actor. In um, that his last name is Cromulent. Yes. Bendy <laughs> Cromulent. Yeah. We don't need to get into this. All right. Can we move on to another yeah. thing that we all agree on? Um, well, uh, I I suggested uh, Straza's vision. Because he's delicate. Soft boy, very awkward. <laughs> <laughs> he's learning to be real. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. If you told me Vision also made honey in Brooklyn, I'd be like, okay. Yeah, that's that sounds that sounds accurate. I have um, heard that that's what humans have done. What? <laughs> Make honey. We're what? bringing it all back to your bee army. What did Strauss do with honey? No, if he made, if the vision made honey in Brooklyn. Was that a thing? Where did I miss this? <laughs> we talked about it. The, the three of us. <laughs> Where was I? Here. <laughs> <laughs> this 
<laughs> any bells. We we talked about just anyway, whatever. We are a professional podcast, folks. We are not a professional <laughs> podcast. Um all right, Trey hey, Spider-Man. Well, Trey, yeah. Specifically. By the Tra- way, it has it has been pointed out to me that I say Spider-Man, Spider-Man like He's somebody I, my parents go to synagogue with, like the Spider-Men's. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. You, yeah, you yeah, say yeah. men, not man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if Spider-Man isn't Jewish, then he's doing something He wrong. is canonically. He is. In... At least according to Spider-Verse. Yes. Um, At least one Peter so... Parker is, is Jewish. So speaking of Spider-Verse, yeah, because Trey is little baby face Peter Parker. I mean, I don't know how then... you don't when Troy looks exactly like Tom Holland. Like, Troy. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm calling him now. We can just keep going. Anyway. But then Soto is Miles Morales. Yes! Very obviously. Uh, yes, clearly. Who so, is doing amazing, sweetie. I'm yes. calling him Smiles now. Soto Miles Smiles. And then who was it? Did we decide Dozier was like older, bitter Peter Parker? Wait, yeah. Was it Dozier that we decided? Or was it somebody else? I feel like else? it was Dozier. I don't. I don't know if I have a good enough read on Doge for that. Doge. He's there. I like he's him. a little older. He has some gray in his beard and seems like he could be better if he wanted to be. These are my criteria. Oh no! I think we did Dozier as Col- Colson. No, cranky divorced Peter is what you said, but possibly also Colson. That's fine too. Dara had somebody else as Colson. I think I suggested Helixson as older Peter Parker. Yeah, that also works. He was Spider-verse rookie of Parker. the year, and now he's not. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's fair. And then if Dozier wants to be Coulson, he can. Yeah. Um. Okay, and then Max obviously is the Hulk. Max is very yes. the Hulk. Uh, uh, we had Robles as Quicksilver, Para as Hawkeye. Because he is um, he is here too. <laughs> <laughs> and he's uh, doing ha- good ha- things. And then um, do Howie. is. What? Oh, well, Howie, yes. Howie is doing everything perfectly and is oh, beautiful he's T'Challa. and awesome. So, yes, he's T'Challa. He's the best yeah. one. Uh, um, Matt Adams is Drax. Yes. By virtue of arms. I think Doolittle get... was Scott Lang, so our actual <laughs> Ant-Man. Yeah, we ended up on Ant-Man, for I think, for, for uh, Doolittle. He just is Scott Lang. There's nothing about, like, ants, but, like, the Marvel Cinematic Universe Scott Lang specifically He's just got that kind of like earnest nerd energy. I definitely can view him both as masterminding a con and learning how to do card tricks to entertain a small child. Yes. Like both of those things seem very Sean Doolittle. <laughs> yes. And then we had Eaton as Rocket because he's small and sort of a jerk, but like generally effective. Can we talk about that him and one of the Mets beefing is the dumbest beef I have ever heard Frasier. in my entire life? Frasier. I, I am going to say, I feel like that beef is 100% insta- uh, instigated by Frazier. Like, I'm not sure if I want, I'm willing to call Eaton a jerk on that yet. Um, Maybe I, a little spicy, but like... I, I was like, oh, oh, really? We're going to, we're going to do this? Like, this is the thing that these two teams are going to do? Well, like, and they were both chirping... You know, like, they both yeah. talk to the media. They both talk smack to the media. Like, well, if he was trying to be the adult in the room, he didn't have to do that. And then uh, uh, Ozzy Guillen basically, oh. like, opened his... Like, he was like, no one liked Eaton when, like, I managed the team. And we're like, Eaton wasn't on the team when you managed the White Sox. Yeah, when <laughs> has Ozzy Guillen even been relevant to the conversation? He when- got fired from the Marlins and, like, disappeared. 
No, he he managed the White Sox for for until uh, 2011 when Eaton notably was not on the White Sox. Right, that's before that was before he managed the Marlins. Correct. That is before right. the, he managed the Marlins. Right. He's a commentator, um, and so basically he was like nobody liked him, and I'm like, oh, are do you, are you thinking of a different very short person? <laughs> As a very short person, I object. As a single, as a short person, eh, I'm fine with it. But like, yeah, I was like, this is so weird. This is just such a weird dumb beef, and like, no one cares. I mean, yeah, no, legitimately, no one cares. No one cares. And also, if this is the best beef that the Nats and the Mets can do, that's a sad pizza. <laughs> uh, what was that? I don't know. <laughs> Just leave me alone. Are we okay, guys? We are How not are okay. We doing? <laughs> that was your weekend. <laughs> Fun. I, I I got like a little little too much heat yesterday. <laughs> like I was out in the sun too long. So I to get back to the Avengers just to finish this out. Yes. I still think Zook is Bucky purely because he left us and we lost him and then he came home. I like this explanation a lot. I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so are we going with this? Yes. Although okay. I, I just, I have to say this. This is not my emotional feelings. This is just, I have to say this fact. We literally just brought up a James Buchanan work. Yes. James <laughs> and Buchanan he, it was work. James Buchanan work. <laughs> <laughs> and he, James Buchanan, borked it. <laughs> Thank you, Cindy. Yes. I just, like... I have to bring it up. I would not. St- I would still not do the casting. I'm just saying we literally do have a buck, a Borky. That's what he's off-brand Borky. He's Borky. Oh God. <laughs> um, I was shown a, a an image of an off-brand Spider-Man toy that was Spider-Man oh. today. Spider-Man. Feel- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I feel like okay, James Buchanan Bork, do better so that we can just have like Swedish chef emojis at you. <laughs> like, oh my god, also, that'd be amazing. Somebody also pointed out that like Bucky Barnes would be a day too late for Marvel Day. Yes, actually, um, I think that actually was Tom. Oh, it would have been Tom. I just remember seeing it on Twitter and thinking it was really funny. I think it was. Um, well, thanks for that, Tom. That was really funny. <laughs> Sorry for not remembering who that was. Um, but then the last the last important national of the current moment, because obviously there yeah. are many important people that didn't get cast here, but um, the last currently important national that we were kind of debating was Corbin. I still don't know if and what like if he has a personality and what that is well so you know who is just kind of a white man who does things and doesn't have much of a personality we've already cast hawkeye like three times (laughs) (laughs) well no i was gonna make him star lord because star lord's entire personality is listens to music i do have to say star lord has slightly been ruined for me by the fourth chris being a total jackass yes Yes. i liked star lord before that and now i'm like i don't know (laughs) I mean, um, but he just doesn't he doesn't have a ton of personality as a uh, character in the movies. I don't know like what kind of personality he had in the comics because I've never read any of his, but I don't know. Corbin's kind of a blank slate. Star-Lord's kind of a blank slate. He just like he 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 doesn't have a whole lot of personality. I feel like 
He showed a couple flashes of personality, like, right before he, like, right as he was coming to the Nationals in the offseason. And I think if Troy did not exist, I probably would have been, like, serious Mm Spider-Man. Like, Spider-Man, but, like, I have to buckle down and do my science. Because remember, Peter Parker was a science, OG Peter Parker was, like, super science nerd. The thing is, we really have an infinite number of Spider-Men Yes. That we could theoretically cast here because of Spider-Verse. <laughs> yeah, there could be so many. Who if is Spider-Gwen, Erin? Yeah. I'm for it. Spider-Gwen. Yeah. Yeah, because she's not, she's really not Wasp, honestly. Mm-mm. Like, that would be the obvious, but she's not. No. I, I would not cast her as anybody that is currently in the MCU because I have some problems that I don't need to get into on this particular we don't need to. Nope. Mm-mm. Yeah, mm, we're taking a left turn but at that Spider one. Spider Gwen. Spider Gwen. Spider Gwen. Can I? Yeah. Can I submit for your consideration, Erica May Scherzer for Carol Danvers? Yeah. Yes. I like it. She's got that mean knuckle. There for it. There yeah. for it. Um. Can I also mention that, like, how do I put this? Corbin has been very good this year. Yeah. And like Max clearly has an abundance of personality. Strauss has a very weird personality, but he has one. Um, like, I don't know what Jeremy Hellickson's deal is, but like, I could sort of speculate as to his personality. Like, Patrick Corbin, if I try to envision like him speaking, I just get a weird buzzing noise. So, okay, this is on the Nationals for not being like, hey, we signed a dude in the offseason. It was actually a really good signing in, a, in an otherwise totally cold offseason. And he's doing a really great job. He got a complete game shot out. He's doing an amazing job. Let's tell you every fact about him. 100% like, do not disagree with you, but I just had a thought that's a little out there. Okay. With regards to casting. He's Donald Blake. Mm. Competent doctor. Has not yet shown us the Thor, but maybe the Thor is in there. I could see that. He seems very worthy to pick up a hammer. <laughs> He's going to pick up Sammy Solis. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Rest in pitch face after dark. <laughs> is all I'm going to say to that comment. <laughs> I have nothing appropriate to say, but I got a lot of stuff that's not appropriate to say. <laughs> so, so can I can I somber yes, this? A please, bit? please, please. <laughs> to, to finish, to finish the conversation of Marvel casting with a slightly sadder note. Oh no! We all know who's really in charge of the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Dusty, are you gonna make me say it? Yeah, like Fury. I think you have to say it. Dusty is Fury, and we have lost him. But he came back from the snap, so he, we have hope. Can well, we unsnap? Yeah. I want to unsnap, Dusty, please. Please unsnap, Dusty. <laughs> There's the episode title. <laughs> it's just not the same. I can't sing. Laura, can you sing? It's just not the same since Thanos came. <laughs> Davy's not so trusty. <laughs> I love you guys so much. <laughs> this is amazing. I'm proud to be part of this. <laughs> I'm glad you are, Sid. I think this is why we get along so well. Oh, God. We need to unsnap Dusty so much. I will. I, I want to give credit where credit is due. The bullpen is not by any means fixed. But I feel like since we last talked, 
there has been a much more comprehensive effort to do something about it. Yes. Um, um, various people have been called up. We've signed a couple of guys to minor league deals. Um, some former aging giant who used to terrorize us, which frankly has usually but, gone fairly well, given Para. Um, I forget which agent Giants reliever we just signed to a minor league contract, but but moves are being made. Things are being tried. It's not just more of the same six guys thinking, well, he sucked in that inning, but why don't we try him in this inning and see if it's any different? They are actually moving things around outside of the organ outside of who's been in the organization, and things are changing and things are being tried. I also think that they're they're performing better, and I can't remember if we actually discussed this on the last episode or if just discussion since since uh, Liliquist left things have improved yeah yeah i think when we last talked they had just just excellent yeah Yeah. and so i don't think we had any real data but so we didn't talk about that dude saying like he had his one way and now we have a different way where we have somebody who talks to us (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) and like maybe it's helping like i don't feel like the bullpen has been the same disaster fire Mm -hmm. right there's definitely still like today. Today was a little bit messy, but, but they gave up two. Like they gave up one, like two runs. Like wait, and, and and three weeks ago it'd have been ten. Yeah, like I I have to say, um, and like Matt Grace came in for his one batter, and then Suero came in in the ninth, and Suero let somebody on, and they let him stay on there and i'm like yeah guys like this this is how this is supposed to work like you have to have more than Doolittle to lock it down because do's arm is showing signs of of fatigue yeah yes um, yeah which we're definitely all on the same page about kind of uh, wrapping him in bubble wrap and screaming at anyone who comes too close yes um and i also think that like do like we were teasing tony about like hey if they they you know invite you to the rl star game come down with something but like do if you should invited he he literally needs the time off Um, yeah no absolutely i I think he should come down with the beards or something i will personally diagnose him with the flu like flu-like symptoms um but Yeah. yeah like like it's it's very apparent that there have been some changes made um, and I think it's also, how do I put this? It's somewhat helpful that I think they, everyone kind of looked at each other at this point and going, the season's a wash. Yeah. Let, let's all try to learn something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was, I was, I mean, I think I've said this to everybody who will listen and then also people who won't, but like, they just need to have the idea that like every game needs to end with Juan Soto and Victor Robles knowing something more about the game of baseball than they knew going into the yeah. game. Hundred percent, and that like I I love Tony, I love Tony, and I have decided that I'm going to stake out three days to sul- truly sulk when he gets traded midseason. No, no, don't sh- even no. say it now. I, but like, look, I have then to, I have jinx. to. You know, you know that I am the number one Tony Rendoni fan on the internet. I know, like you, you know, are- I have loved him since his first and second call ups. But you're also um, not the number one jinx. You're not the one jinx believer. Um, but like I, I know I think he might come back and sign. Oh God, please. Long term, but I think they're, they're gonna try to flip him for something. And like Trey obviously is is coming back, and his finger is clearly not fixed. Yeah. Um, because like he's a 
good defensive player and he's not doing well because his finger's still broken. Right. Um, and like a few other guys are, you know, doing doing okay to to well um, versus the replacement level or below play that they were that we were at before. We're over four hundred, and Gerardo Para is really freaking fun to watch. Um, yes, absolutely. Um, and I enjoyed him terrorizing the Dodgers, and I have been enjoying him play. But at yeah. the same time, like, if we're going to declare this the post Bryce Harper era, then our obligation is to make sure that Juan Soto and Victor Robles n- know the game of baseball inside and out. Yeah, mm-hmm. and frankly, they are still learning. Mm-hmm. Um. And- and uh, but are also like like it's not i don't feel like we need to view this as a full rebuild they need to learn and they are learning and that's actually that aspect is going well like they're not a, they're not a disaster fire their things are done yes they just i'm when i say learn about the I mean, game of yeah, baseball oh, yeah. yeah no i agree I, I i am agreeing with you I'm yeah. agreeing with you. I'm saying I'm also putting an extra spin on this, which is like it's not like we called up a bunch of kids who are not ready and they need to learn now, mm-hmm. like full rebuild. They're there. Let's give them the best start they can have. Yeah. Um. And really, just mm, just like like commit ourselves as an organization to saying they're going to be hopefully knock on whatever like. T- two incredibly amazing players and building a good sort of frame around that the way that the Nationals kind of did with Bryce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they built a team around uh, around him in a lot of ways. And so like just making moves that are saying, we're going to have two real bright stars. Let's, you know, do all the other things that you need to do to have a really good team around two real bright stars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in a in a meaningful way, and I think one of those is signing Anthony Rendon to the longest term contract that one could imagine. Please, for uh, God. but like, you know, I I know that that's sort of, ugh, I I have to make my peace with the fact that that may not happen. But yeah, so that that's sort of my feeling is I I want everybody to go out and have a good time and learn something. Um, is this one I can also be snarky about a mass and reporter blocking me on Twitter? Yeah, as the time. Um, so one of the things that Masson reported on was basically that um, uh, Davy was having Robles and Soto talk with umpires before games to mm-hmm. sort of like introduce themselves and say like we're going to talk to you during the game about like things that are going on to like so that we're better acquainted with the game. Um, which I'm like, that's great. Like they should definitely do that. Um, but Davey, Davey was real quick to say like, well, when they ask questions, they wanted to clarify that they were not being disrespectful. Um, and then I was like, Hey, you know, uh, it's funny how two young, young non-white men are, their questions about the game that they're playing professionally are instantly read as disrespectful. Uh, and then Byron Kerr, like a giant infant, decided to slide into my mentions and fight with me about it and then block me, but not block intrepid listener, Justin from Canada who called him a wiener. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Justin. There was a good conversation on that table to be had and he chose to be a wiener. (laughs) He chose to be a defensive wiener is what what Justin called him. And I'm like, that's amazing. (laughs) You know, Davey, I'm sure if, given the opportunity, if he felt like he could, would probably have some really interesting insight. Now, as for the position that he's in as a manager, I don't know what he would feel able to say about kind of what that's like as a young player, but there was at least an opportunity to ask, and it doesn't sound like yeah. that was done. Well, 
I mean, it, it sounds like that it it he's saying this from a perspective of experience, right? You know, yeah. it's it's a position of someone who's been there trying to help someone else not deal with the same shit that they had to deal with. And that's a good conversation to have. And from a position of manager, you can potentially have it, assuming somebody asks to have the conversation. Yeah, and I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that managers can say a lot more about that sort of thing than players can, but yeah. I still can't imagine that they can say much for fear of offending the umpires, the fans, the organization, the Byron Kerrs of the world. <laughs> yeah, so, I, I just, I feel like there was that sort of thing about like, why would questions be read as inherently disrespectful? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Or do you have similar conversations with, you know, your players who are not necessarily, who, who are from the U.S.? Question mark, question mark. Could have just, like, provided the space to have that conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, like, oh, yeah. in a way that, like, wouldn't put Davey in a, in a sort of weird, not weird, but, like, in a spot that he probably didn't want to be. An uncomfortable <laughs> position. Yeah. Um, and he could basically say, like, yeah, we don't have that conversation because players in the U.S. are not read as necessarily being disrespectful or have more experience in talking to umpires or, you know, just like whatever else. But it was it was it just felt like it felt like they could they dropped the ball. They mm -hmm. yawn. They yawn. Mm -hmm. it. <laughs> oh, it's that a thing that we're going to do. No, it's not. And I know it. it no, uh, he's been hitting well. And I know he and Corbin have like a freaky mind meld. So I'm fine with it. Well, I don't want to end on that downer. I'm going to say for all of us, I mean, we're all in agree. We are unanimous in this. Thank you to everybody who's listened to us for our 50 parentheses one episodes. <laughs> um, our zero parentheses 50 uh, episodes. Thank you for listening to us. We're going to wrap things up, I think, on the on that note instead of the downer note. So Sid, as usual, has something cool coming out. You want to tell us about it? Sure. Um, so tomorrow, so I, probably when this episode goes up. Probably I, a little bit before. but uh, Before the episode <laughs> goes up. Um, my first sort of full-length-ish piece um, for Baseball Prospectus is going up. Uh, this is on uh, what baseball players have to learn from teachers in terms of collective organizing. Um, and labor relations. Um, this was written with a, a friend and former coworker of mine, um, and it's kind of amazing to have people who you can like text and say, "Hey, can you look at this thing?" And he's like, "I have a few comments." And then 600 words later, <laughs> um, he just he wrote a much better conclusion than I I could have. And just for clarification, so uh, the this is Cobyland um, with a guy named Kyle Christie, who is, is a former co-worker, um, but was also my union rep when I was a teacher um, and was a professional organizer for the bricklayers for a number of years. Um, cool. So has a lot of experience with collective organizing. And so really get, we, we both kind of try to get into like comparisons between minor league players and teachers um, and how effective teachers have been in particular at both collective action and at persuading the public to be on their side, which is uh, somewhat difficult when you're essentially asking for a pay raise, even if that is a deserved pay raise. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think it, I think it came out really well. Um, and, you know, if folks have any, 
anything to add, um, any sort of comments or feedback, I definitely would like to hear them. Um, the other shout outs I would want to give for that is uh, Mark Normandon, who has done some of this writing for SB Nation, um, also put, put a set of eyeballs on the piece as well. Um, and it's linking to a piece he wrote in May of last year about sort of what would it take for minor leaguers to unionize, um, which people should also read. Really looking forward to reading that. Yeah. Laura, do you want to give us our Queer Fancy Stats and our Nights Out updates? Sure. So Queer Fancy Stats, for those not up to date, this season has been running donations based on Sean Doolittle's Gimli, which is a measure of the leverage of the situation in which he enters a game. And the donations are going to Smile DMV, the local LGBT youth organization that Do and Aaron have been involved with and which I believe Aaron is now on the board of. And so this month's total for May thus far is at $20.46. In addition, in LGBT baseball news, if you've been watching Masson this weekend, you've actually seen some promos, which is very exciting, for Night Out, which is coming up. And there's a special ticket with which you get a Rainbow Nationals t-shirt that's actually different from the one that you get in the team store. Um, it's the Rainbow Word Nationals, and it's very, very cute. And so if you get a special ticket, you can get that. There's also various festivities um, at the beginning of the game and the pregame stuff, etc. And so even if you are not in the section that gets the t-shirt, it's still a really fun game. It's also the 15th annual night out. So... That's yeah. terribly exciting. So for those interested in Next. checking out tickets, that is coming right up on June 4th. Um, and I, I I, hope that there will be some uh, resting pitch race presence there. I know Laura is not able to come, and I believe, Sydney, you are not able to come. I'm going to try to be there. And regardless, f many friends of resting pitch race will be there. So. Yes, Jen is like spearheading a huge quantity of it. Well, they I'm... organize the whole thing. Yes. Mm -hmm. So if you want to so, show up and support yeah. Jen, which we all want to do, mm -hmm. and I mean, if there were any way for me to be there, I absolutely would. Yeah. Um, this is, I still haven't actually made it to a night out, which is ridiculous. One of these days. I'm going to do everything in my power to get to next year's, but we'll see yeah. whether everything in my power cuts it or not. But yeah, I have watched and envied and, you know, kept up with everything from home. So please go so you can tell me about it, <laughs> if nothing else. Um, I think Other Sydney is also helping to organize, just FYI. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. So yeah. lots of friends of the podcast yes. are involved, are organizing, and are we'll going to be, be there. there. Yeah, so please, any Make questions about that, um, you can talk to Jen on the Queer Fancy Stats Twitter account, um, or shoot a tweet or email our way and we can help connect you if you're having any trouble finding information. Yeah. Our social media nonsense, uh, our website is restingpitchface.com. Uh, our Twitter is Resting Pitch Race with no G. Main two ways to cut get a hold of us through our website, though, you do get access to a few extra things, including uh, links to our merch store. With that, I'm Kay. I'm Laura. And I'm Sydney. Let's go Nats. Let's go Nats. Let's go Nats. Please come back, Tyler. It's just not the same since you went away. We really miss your eyewear. And the way you confused that is at the plate. There's a seat for you right next to Drew, and we need you to pitch the A. Besides, there's no other team uses chocolate sauce to celebrate.